Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we are talking to founders and CEOs all about their epic business blunders, you know, the stuff they won't put on their LinkedIn timeline unless they've been on this show. Um, And so with us on the line uh, is the CEO of an amazing company, Dan Jones. Welcome to the show. But the company is called itresourcescorp.com if you are interested. So we're going to get into that in a moment. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. And uh, it, let's see if I can get it right. Uh, Uhanda? <laughs> so you've been hanging around with the South Africans, brother. <laughs> yeah, Uhanda. Uhanda. You're going to have to work it all week on that, Matt. Are you, are you, I thought you might have been. You know what I mean? You kind of strike me as that type of guy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, look, let's, uh, let's start with the elevator pitch, Dan. Uh, so sure. what are you guys up to at IT Resources Corp? Yeah, at uh, at IT Resources, we uh, we make dreams come true. We uh, we're in the IT staffing and recruiting business, and uh, we work uh, with IT engineers and developers uh, to help them get out of the environment, you know, bad environment that they're in, and and uh, move their careers forward. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what makes you guys different? Um, you know, it's it uh, it really comes down to having conversations that are distinct from the rest of the industry. Uh, it, it, you know, 90, 95% of our industry, it's get a candidate on the phone, make this big juicy sales pitch about the job and how great it is. And we we kind of flip that around and put the candidate first and, and seek to understand what, what they're looking for, what they want in their career, and then try to, you know, work with them to, to move their career forward in, inside of our, you know, with customers that we, that we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, space now. I would say, well, I suppose all inter- you know, with AI and that, but all industries are an interesting space now. But I think especially especially talent. Yeah, it, it's it's going. You know, sooner or later, it's going to be disrupted substantially. I'm sure. Uh, the the challenge right now is you still can't take the person out of the hire. I, I don't know how we do that. Uh, it's, it's, they still have to interview. It still has to be, you know, go both ways. They all have, everybody has to like each other. Uh, it's probably as simple as it sounds. It, it, uh, you know, find a, find the right position for the right person. It's, uh, there's a lot of wait times and failure points and things that can go wrong mm. in a hiring process. So, mm-hmm. uh, as an HR director recently said to me, uh, she said, I, I hate recruiting. It's the worst part of our jobs. And she goes, well, employee relations might be worse. Well, oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, look, let's get yeah. into the meat and the potatoes of this series. Uh, so Dan, what is your story of fail for our audience around the world today? Yeah. So um, I'll actually go pre-business a little bit. Uh, it, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to uh, before, before uh, business. Uh, from 14 to 26, I was 100% sure that there was exactly one thing I was going to do in the world, and that was pitch the big leagues, play professional baseball, and and be a major league baseball player for for my entire life. And uh, uh, you know, to that point, I had a, a wonderful high school career, a wonderful uh, college career. I got drafted in the second round in the major league baseball draft, and uh, five or six years in. Uh, Got to sit down with uh, Cy Young Award winner Pete Bukovich and uh, Ben Ogilvy, who were part of the Pittsburgh organization at the time where I was playing. And uh, they handed me my release papers and a trash bag to go clean up my locker. Oh, my God. 
So yeah, talk about a dream being crushed in moments. Up mm-hmm. until that moment, there was no question in my mind where I was going to go and what I was going to do. Uh-huh. And so, so what happened? Well, I mean, it's it, it was the end. It uh, I'd gotten hurt a couple times uh, in in my you know five years with the organization, and uh, when your fastball goes from you know ninety something to eighty something, they don't have a spot for you anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it uh, on that walk from the from the executive offices back into to the locker room, literally with a thirty three gallon trash bag in my hand. Uh, one of the one of the minor league coaches uh, to this day, Steve Watson was the guy's name. He he stopped me along the way and said, "Don't let today's disappointment overshadow the hard work of all the time you've been here, and especially the last couple of years." My my last couple of years of the organization, I had a, a shoulder injury and a knee injury, and he went on to say that the, the biggest reason I'd been there for those couple of years is to let the young kids. I was rehabbing at the rookie league facility. To let the 18, 19 year old kids see what hard work looks like. And, um, you know, it's humbling to have somebody say something like that. It's just uh, very kind. He didn't have to go out of his way. He could have let me walk by just like everybody else did and, and not say a word. Mm-hmm. So it, it probably won't shock some people who know the baseball world uh, that he's been a part of the Rays organization for the better part of a decade. And, you know, they're they're well known for for developing people and having people come up out of the minor league system and make big contributions in their in their big league organizations mm. because of guys like him. This uh, this idea has come up a few times, weirdly enough, because it's, you know, it's usually it's a business failure or whatever. But what 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 has come up a few times for like three or four times now is. There were a CEOs, successful, successful companies. Interesting, right? Like it's a secret of failure. You know, it's the entrepreneurship sort of business focused show, right? And then a CEO goes and chooses a formative experience like that. And and there was yeah. one almost the same. Like they were trying up something, and then you know it, it didn't work out or whatever. So you know, and and because of these formative experiences, that they kind of mold you right into the person that you are today. So. From an insights or a lessons perspective, Dan, like how did that experience, that formative experience, you know, make you a better entrepreneur and CEO? Yeah. And, you know, and I look back on that time now and during those baseball years, you know, singular focus, you're trying to climb through the ranks, you're fighting your way up through the organization. And what I'm 100% sure about is the last thing I cared about was relationships and people around me. And I know I was not welcoming and friendly to, to teammates, coaches, parents, friends, girlfriends. <laughs> There's probably a few apologies I need to make this day. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it, nothing else mattered. It was a thing. It was, it was the, the focus on the goal and, and literally nothing else mattered. I don't know how I made it through college to tell you the truth. I look back on that and it, it, it amazes me that I, I went to college at Northwestern, one of the best universities in the, in the country. Uh, and I, I don't, it, it somehow, some, I fooled somebody, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, but no, it, it, uh, it, it was, it was really learning from that and learning how, how important that was that to, you know, as I got into business and, and started to work, uh, what I figured out very quickly is that, um, you know, friends come and go and enemies tend to linger. Mm. 
and uh, it makes business really hard to, you know, it didn't take long. And, and some of the, the first organization I worked for in the industry, uh, uh, they did things that that I questioned where it was, you know, work for us or you're never going to work again in this town. Um, you know, things like that were said, like, do we really want to treat people like that? Is that is that really one who we want to be in the industry? And I spent a few years there and just thought this is crazy. I, I can go do this on my own, and, and you know, it, it uh, never looked back. So, Dan, so, if you could get into the Matt Brown Show time machine and do things differently, like, would you do anything differently? Um, you know, it it, it part of that. It, there's certainly, case, I, you know, I, there's certainly studies around that. Right. And, and around that focus and that singular focus and, uh, you know, 10,000 hours to be an expert in anything. Right. And, and it's and it's the chase of perfection. Right. During that time. And it I'm I'm 100 percent sure that it was all, you know, the foot was on the gas 100 percent of the time. No breaks ever. And, uh, you know, we've all heard it. Stop to smell the roses. I'm not sure I ever did. I'm not sure I ever took time to enjoy it when I was in the middle of it. And uh, so, you know, to somebody who is in the middle of it, maybe that's the, you know, maybe that's the coaching point. Maybe that's the, the thing that I wish I could have done. Mm. So, but it, 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 you know, the, the other hard part of it is sometimes things break, you know, in my case, and you know, in the, in the athletic world, it's your body, you know, every, uh, I think I heard Huey Long say it once is that it, it, your career is like elevators going in opposite directions. And when you're young in your career, you're athletic and you can do anything and you can move, but you don't know where the plays are going. And at the end of your career, you know exactly what's going to happen, but you just can't get there anymore. To make the play. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, you hope you learn along the way, right? Get better every day. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your advice, uh, Dan, to other CEOs and entrepreneurs right now. Uh, what is your advice to them in terms of the importance of failing in business success? Yeah, and that's, you know, with, with all that around, um, you know, relationships and people, the thing that I'm sure of now as an, as an owner and CEO and, and what I do every day is I do everything I can to make sure our people are, are put in positions to to win, you know, and to succeed. And and it's not about it's not about me ever. It's it's not about me. Uh, uh, you know, what kind of car I drive or what kind of house I live in. None of that matters. It's it's it uh, it's about putting the organization first and putting people first. And whether it's inside the organization or internal employees and coaching and teaching and you know, we've, we've got a wonderful training program where we bring people, a lot of folks in right out of college and teach them the business. And, um, you know, we've seen careers flower and people with us and people who've moved on and had wonderful careers. And, uh, you know, and I want to be friends with all of them. Well, so. you, I interviewed uh, Leif Babin. He wrote the book Extreme Ownership. Um, okay. And uh, it was a New York Times bestseller. And he's obviously a former Navy SEAL. And, and what you said is kind of what he said to me, which is also that's what the best leaders do. Like they, it's not, you know, the old way it's like, yeah, everybody works for me. I'm the boss and, uh, you know, I'm the CEO and I get to tell shit people what to do, you know. Um, yeah. But actually it's the other way around. Like the true, the, the most effective leaders are in service provision. They're not in dictatorship. 
Um, and yeah. that's, uh, you know, and that's kudos to you, man, for, for building a business around that. Well, and it's, it's a lot of hard work around, um, you know, up grow and giving them responsibility and pushing them. And if it's, if it's comfortable and if, and if I'm comfortable with where we're at and where we're growing, I'm probably not pushing hard enough, right? It's, it's, I'm probably not taking enough risk. So it, um, you know, that's part of it too is, and, but it's, but first it's about understanding where they want and where they're at in their career and where they want to go. Right. Cause that's what matters. I, I can't want more for someone's career than they want for them. Mm. So Dan, are there books or tools or resources that you encourage other CEOs to use on their journey? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, when it comes to books and, and self-help and all those things, there's, there's so many wonderful resources out there. And certainly, certainly the conversation around, uh, you know, mental health is distinct from where it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But, uh, for, for me, uh, you know, the fallback and, and, uh, the, the guide to life is, uh, it, it's a book that's been around for a couple thousand years. It's, it's the Bible, my friend. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, at the core of it, it's, uh, you know, can, can we all get along? Teach us to love each other. Mm-hmm. You know, little, I think the world could use a little more of that these days. Mm. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Well, look, uh, Dan, that concludes your time in the hot seat. Uh, I appreciate you uh, sharing your, you know, being vulnerable and sharing your story on the Secrets of Fail series and for making a difference, man. And, you know, this is, this is what this is all about, what I'm about. So thank you for helping me do that. Matt, great work. Thank you. Cheers, everyone. 